What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Only two games left for Week 13 as we get recording here on Sunday nights. Cowboys, Colts, and tomorrow night, Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. And we're going to tell you all about the Sunday action. What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday night. Adam, Heath, and Dave. Guys, did it live up to the hype? Was it as good? Dave, you were super excited. Did it live up to the hype? I was very excited about this week, and I thought we saw some excellent football. And I also thought we saw some... How do I say this in a way that is G or PG rated? The Um, most depressing football game we've ever had for fantasy purposes and real life. Well, which one are you which referring one? to? The Ravens and Broncos. Oh. Uh, no, I mean that was, we knew that one was going to be pretty oh, it was, But bad. it was all these but it was all these names. I mean, yeah, pretty much everybody Lamar, sucked except for Dulcich. Gus falling um, on his face. Um Yeah, it was a bad like, game. Okay. Well, if this really really, really come here's, on. here's what I want to say. There was a game where two teams were scared to take the chances to win and they ended up tying. No, you know they were not scared no, no. to take the chances to win. Disagree. I think they were scared. I, I would say that, that was smart football. No, they took they that took deep shots. Football. That they, the deep. Giants needed that tie so bad. They needed a win. <laughs> that was fantastic for them. Who needs wins? I disagree you with you. They were actually fairly aggressive. I mean, not so much the Commanders in overtime because they had bad field position. You know, well, the second time, but no, they were pretty aggressive. I mean, the Giants went three and out late in regulation. They went three and out and took like twenty seconds off the clock or something like that. If that. Um, they were no. You know what? That was Giants a, tie out. They're gonna be like the five seed. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the Bills are the one seed in the AFC as the Bengals win their third straight against the Chiefs. All right, let's get to the fantasy stuff here because the injuries are really the big story today. Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season with a broken foot. Lamar Jackson is uh, maybe going to miss multiple weeks. He's not out for the season. Uh, and Tua Tagovailoa hurt his ankle. He left late in the game. Uh, and Traylon Burke's concussion. So we'll talk about all that. But let's you know, let's focus on the positive. Who's the biggest winner of Week 13, Dave? 
I don't know if there's, I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there's a guy who's just an absolute huge winner for for the week. I don't know if there is. Oh, one. Come I don't know on. if there's anybody out there. All right, look at the list of winners you sent me. Pacheco. I know who I sent you. Knight, I sent you three Swift. running backs. But I don't know the if any answer of them is DeAndre winner. Swift because right. DeAndre Swift is one of the most talented running backs in football. You say when so. he's healthy enough and his team trusts him enough to give him the football, and they gave him the football in this game, and he delivered once again. He came off the injury report again this week. If he's not on the injury report next week, you should expect DeAndre Swift to be a top fifteen running back. Okay, I like that. Heath, good job. All right, Dave, since you're Nancy negative over there, negative Nancy. I'm not Nancy negative. Negative Nancy. You're, you're right. Who's the big winner? Oh, well, it's DeAndre For Swift. the first time all year, I asked you they're the big winner. Come on. like that. You knew that was coming. I, I know who's coming. All right, fine. Um, I'll give you another running back that totaled over 100 yards and should have had a touchdown. You're going to lose or no. <laughs> it's okay. Let Dave do a winner. Let, let him have this. <laughs> I'm the, I'll give you Zonovan Knight. I think he came through. Fantasy managers who might have been nervous to start him um, clearly saw that he's the lead running back for the Jets. And even though he didn't play on a lot of third downs, he still caught five passes, had an awesome run to put the Jets in, in great range to – I think that's when they scored their touchdown, actually. They might have settled for a few. I don't remember. It all blends together. But he he looked good, and I think he's the number two fantasy running back moving forward. All right. There we go. Uh, biggest loser. Uh, Heath, you got the biggest loser? I mean, it's got to be Deshaun Watson. And I, I will admit, I've not seen every pass of Deshaun Watson's from this game. I did. Um, but it, this is one of those stat lines where you don't need to. <laughs> he was just atrocious and there wasn't really much of a role for him in the running game either. They didn't do creative things. Now, granted they scored defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns and they're playing the worst team in football and the Texans are awesome at tanking, but there was nothing to hang your hat on as encouraging. In fact, it looked very much like what we saw in the preseason. Um, I did not expect the rust to last the entire game and I don't know how you could have any confidence at all ranking him as a top 12 quarterback in his next game against the Bengals. Okay, yeah, it was a bad one. It was only 22 pass attempts, uh, yeah. 131 so, yards, one pick, 4.6 fantasy points at Houston, and they are at the Bengals, who just did a very nice job against Patrick Mahomes. So do you, do you even hang on to Deshaun Watson, or do you think he's droppable? Hold I on, think hold you, you have to hold on to him because you've got to figure that, it, that the game comes back to him and just... It, there were, I counted seven plays in the first three to three and a half quarters where he just threw the ball where no good quarterback should throw it. It was just off target, terrible throws, awful interception. He just did not look anything close to the Deshaun Watson that we remember. Mm, man, I'm seeing it. Uh, there were there were like maybe three or four throws where now, he looked decent. But in three fairness, or four. He threw nine times to Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper was on the road. So he's one of the worst <laughs> wide receivers in the NFL. So yeah. maybe if he throws to Amari Cooper at home, then things will be okay. I think one of the ones he threw to Amari Cooper was in the end zone, and it was intercepted. Uh, so that was a bad play for Watson. Okay, so our biggest winners are DeAndre Swift and Zonovan Knight. Our biggest loser is Deshaun Watson. And if you want your question read on the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Many, most of those reviews are read on the mailbag episode, which airs on Saturday morning, which records on Friday afternoon. So leave us an Apple podcast review, a five-star review. Please tell everyone why you like our show. And then you can add a question as well. And we'll read the question 
you try to get that in, I'd say, before Thursday, like on Thursday maybe. It does take some time to display, so I don't want to miss it when I do my notes for that show on Friday. All right, here are your news and notes, and let's get into this. This is ugly stuff here, but Jimmy Garoppolo left in the first quarter. I think he scored two fantasy points in this game. And Purdy came in and and did a decent job. And he, you know, the numbers weren't terrific, but two touchdowns, 25 of 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception for Brock Purdy, who will now be the starting quarterback going forward for the 49ers. Heath, what does this mean for every relevant 49er? Oh, Heath, you're muted. I'm trying to do my best. It is bad for every relevant 49er, except Christian McCaffrey. Um, Christian McCaffrey's first game without Elijah Mitchell, it looked like, hey, we're just going to treat Christian McCaffrey like the Panthers did and let him touch the ball all the time. And Brock Purdy looked very comfortable dumping the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. So I think McCaffrey is back in the RB1 overall discussion rest of season. Uh, everybody else, I'm now we've now we've got too many mouths to feed and a guy that's going to dump it a lot to, a lot to the running back. And he's worse as a passer. So I, I think Ayuk and Debo are both boom bust number three wide receivers. Kittle's going to remain a top 12 tight end, but barely. It's it's on reputation alone. Yeah. Well, it's, and that's really what position. it is. Yeah. Um, 5.4 dot passing for Purdy. Maybe that goes up a yard, yard and a half with, you know, a week's worth of practice and understanding what the offense is. Deep passing rate, 8.1%. Um, the EPA was negative 0.03. That's fine. Completion rate was 68%. That's not bad, but yards per attempt, 5.7. Yeah. 5.4 yards, air yards for pass attempt, by the way, the would, air yard, would be the lowest in the NFL. I mean, that's incredibly low. It's not exactly a yeah. household number, but Mike White last week, I think, was at 5.8 or something, and I was you know, going on about how it's hard to be successful when you're throwing the ball that short. I don't know, Dave, you can look up what it was for White this week. But yeah, Purdy was very sure. conservative, a lot of dumping it off. And I could go back in time, and I did. I could tell you what the quarterbacks did when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in previous years and what the receivers did. But I think the big difference here is you've got, as Heath said, too many mouths to feed. you got McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. It's just too many. Uh, because, like, for example, um, who was it? Uh, Nick Mullins? Well, he, he, he averaged 285 passing yards per game in 2018 in his starts. So and, and yeah. that's that's the other thing. I think we could get to a point in week 15, hopefully by week 15, but maybe not until week 16, where we we kind of settle into oh, these are Brock Purdy's two guys. Um young quarterbacks, inexperienced quarterbacks generally have a security blanket or two. Right now it looks like McCaffrey is the security blanket, but it's possible another guy could emerge as the true number 2 guy or the number 1 guy. And we could feel okay about them. Um, it's just the other two are going to turn into nothing if that happens. Okay, uh, Dave, give me your thoughts on the Raiders without Lam- the Ravens. Pardon me, without Lamar Jackson, they're at Pittsburgh in Week 14, and we did see them without Lamar Jackson. And Mark Andrews averaged just under 100 yards per game with <laughs> yeah. Tyler Huntley last year. Um, what do you think about yeah. the, the? What it's really it's really this Andrews and the running backs, right? What do you think about them with Huntley? Well, the first thing we all said to each other as soon as we saw that Lamar left and then Lamar was ruled out was that, oh, this is it. This is where Mark Andrews makes his triumphant return toward the top of the fantasy rankings at tight end. 
and not so much this game. Obviously, he didn't even get you 10 PPR points. Huntley was okay, and he's got some decent experience under his belt. We saw it last year, and he's good running the football. He's got potential to be a serviceable starting fantasy quarterback. Not sure if we're ever going to call him a top 10 type of fantasy quarterback. He's got the Steelers, Browns, maybe that game against the Falcons in Week 16. If you're streaming quarterbacks, he can help you get a win in the playoffs then. But I don't think you look at him and you say, all right, it's it's going to be Lamar Jackson light. No worries. He might get you around 17 fantasy points per game. Uh, even in four point for passing touchdown leagues, maybe he gets you right around there. What does it mean for the running backs? I don't know if it even really matters because they they went right back to Kenyon Drake as the main guy. Gus didn't look good at all. And uh, the entire offense is a little disjointed right now. I felt like the Ravens were lucky to win this game. Um, well, it, what about if Dobbins comes back? If they were lucky to win, you're absolutely right. Uh, what? It, I guess that's discounting the effort of their defense. But anyway, what does it mean when well, Dobbins comes back? Well, their defense played well, but they played against Denver. So I don't yeah. know how much defense. And they lost Patrick Queen for whatever that's worth on defense. That is true. But um, all right, Andrew's still going to be a must-start tight end, right? Do you think he's going to be better or worse than what he's been so far this year? I mean, when you say so far this year, do you mean from earlier this year, year or do you mean like recently? All year. He's at 12 points per game for the season, I think. On balance, I'd probably predict him to be at 12 to 13 yeah. the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, I you're not getting away from starting Mark Andrews. And th- I think there's a chance that Lamar comes back. I don't think he's been ruled out for the year. No, he hasn't uh, I, be- been. I believe I heard John Arbaugh say it's days or weeks, which means it's going to be weeks. So maybe there's two games, two starts for Tyler Huntley. Maybe he doesn't make it to that game against Atlanta and Lamar's back by then. All right. Uh, other news. Tua hurt his ankle. No idea uh, about the severity of that at the moment. That was late in the game. Or they just took him out late in the game and said he hurt his ankle at some point. Uh, hopefully not a big deal as they're at the Chargers next week. Trevor Lawrence left on the last play of the first half. Gave us a big scare, but he returned. Traylon Burks left on his touchdown catch. He had one catch. It was a gorgeous touchdown catch against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He's really emerging, and we hope he doesn't miss too much time with a con- probably a concussion. Uh, I saw Juju Smith-Schuster was dinged up in the second quarter. He did come back in the game. He had another terrible game. We'll talk about Juju. Uh, Jalen Waddle left in the first half. Then he came back, and then he left again. He limped off the field, so we'll keep an eye on Tua and Jalen Waddle for their game next week at the Chargers. Uh, Cortland Sutton left with a hamstring injury. He had zero catches before, and he had zero catches after he left with a hamstring injury. Uh, Aaron Jones left, and he came back, but it did not seem... I mean, the way they were using A.J. Dillon, it didn't seem like Aaron Jones was healthy because they basically just ignored him for a while, and he goes on a bye. And he came back, and then, like, on the very next carry, was grabbing his lower leg. Yeah, he he finished the game. Yeah, He played in the fourth quarter, but something's up. Yeah, they're on their bye, so hopefully Aaron Jones can get healthy, but it, it was a health thing this week why the carries were down and why Dylan's uh, work was way up. Adam, did you mean to make this typo in our notes? Oh, I have Broncos no. receivers? What? Well, you said Corlin Sutton <laughs> left with a hamstring injury, and then you referred to the next receiver as Jerry Duty. I did not D-E-U-D-Y. mean to do that. <laughs> Jerry Judy, not Jerry Duty. My bad. Well, he, he pretty much played like Jerry Duty today. He had one good catch. Uh, Devontae Smith had a nice, he had a really good game. This was in the notes before he had some monster game, but he did have a 34-yard catch on the last play of the first half when the Titans were in their Hail Mary defense. So you got some cheap points there, but Smith had a big game. 
Uh, Giants defensive tackle Leonard Williams left in the fourth quarter. Baltimore linebacker Patrick Queen left. Washington lost their center in the fourth quarter. Uh, if you started the Steelers DST, you had an almost touchdown. Minka Fitzpatrick had an interception at the very end of the game, and he ran out of bounds. Oh, <laughs> oh I oh, forgot about I Ken Walker. Jeez, I'm sorry. Hayden Hurst oh. left in the first quarter. And that now we'll finish with Ken Walker here. Also, Las Vegas cornerback Rocky Seen left in the fourth quarter. But Dave, Ken Walker left very early in the game. DJ Dallas left, and then he came back. What is your read on this with Carolina coming up in week 14? You got to wait and see what the word is on Ken Walker. It looked like it was his heel. Just looked like he landed awkwardly. I know they said it was ankle. Maybe it is the ankle, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But if he's out, you're going to see. I think it'll end up being DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Um, Dallas working running downs, Homer working passing downs for the Seahawks. It'll be DJ Dallas close to the top of your waiver wire priorities this week. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a segment called Buy or Sells that are, parentheses, hopefully not part of Heath's Believe It or Not column. We'll find out after this on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is time for some buy or sell. I usually do this, and then Heath says, hey, you stole that from me. Which of course I didn't know about. But let's see. You always add this segment when we, you know, we don't have enough to talk about. (laughs) Let's see how it goes, Heath. You tell me if they're in the column. Buy or sell that are hopefully not part of Heath's Believe It or Not column. We can't trust Trevor Lawrence after all. Buy or sell. It's not in the column. And I don't, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't, I guess I didn't, hadn't ever moved Trevor Lawrence into the circle of trust. He was, at the front of the line for the uh, triangle of consideration today. And we were all starting him. We all had him in our top 10 and he was an enormous disappointment, but no, he's not. He has the upside that is someone you're excited about using on occasion, but not in the circle of trust. Dave, uh, buyer. Okay. So, so you, you buy it. We can't trust Trevor Lawrence right. after all. Dave, you, you buy that. He's got tight the Titans next week. Then Dallas. Yeah, if we're calling him a, you know, a matchup-based starting fantasy quarterback, then I buy it. If we're calling him a must-start fantasy quarterback, of course I don't buy it. This was really no, you, a, you do a, a buy it. Game. You you do buy it because it was we can't trust him. Okay, right. So there you have it. You don't trust him as a must-start. I, I, I don't mind trusting him against Houston in Week 17. I might even go back. It's a to terrible him next matchup. Tennessee. Matchup. The Texans are awesome against quarterbacks. They they are, but. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball that well by the time we get to week 17. Uh, by the way, you know what's interesting? Right now, going into Sunday night... Oh, i got to turn the TV on. 
uh, going into Sunday Night Football, there are only five quarterbacks that really blew away Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we were talking about that. Only five quarterbacks who scored more than 21 points in non-decimal scoring. Lawrence was at 18. So while he was not good, he was in a big group with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr and Justin Fields. They were all 20, 19 or 20 points. Right. He ended up with 18. I believe he's a top 12 quarterback right now. Right now he is, yeah. The four standout quarterbacks going into Sunday Night Football are Jalen Hurts at 40 points, Joe Burrow at 32, Geno Smith at 28, and Jared Goff at 29. All right, next uh, next buy or sell that is hopefully not part of Heath's Believe It or Not column. Uh, buy or sell, Savage P. Ryan is a problem for Joe Mixon. Uh, no, I don't think he'll be a problem. I was just looking because I had Trevor Lawrence. At, I never know why our scoring system is for, so far off. I've got Trevor Lawrence at like QB 15 at 16 fantasy points this week. I don't think that's so, the case. I mean, I, I will I and, will investigate that further, but I do not buy that, and it's also not in the column. <laughs> okay, so you don't think Piran will be a problem, Dave? Buy or sell? Th- Piran? There's a- so many running back touches and targets available in this offense. Burrow was quoted before the game as, as talking about how it was going to be a, a check down season for him because he knew what teams were going to do and taking away the big play. And he's done it all year long. There's there's eight to ten targets available for running backs. P. Ryan's going to catch four or five passes, and occasionally it may be frustrating when it does when he does because he scores a touchdown or something, but he's not a problem for Joe Mixon. So technically I do buy this because when Mixon comes back, I'm assuming that P. Ryan's going to go back to his role as the passing downs back in Cincinnati. And that's where he was before Mixon got concussed. Fully that wasn't him to go back into that role. But that wasn't a problem, right? I mean, that was so... It oh, wasn't, you right. You don't expect a bigger role. Right, It's not, but it's not going to be a... This is the problem for fantasy, is that he's not going to have such a big role where you can flex Samaj P. Ryan. And there's going to be value for him to be in your starting lineup when Mixon comes back, because you're not going to feel good about starting him then. But he's not going away either, and he will take work away from Mixon in some high-leverage situations. The two-minute drive, hurry-up offense, third downs. I'm expecting P. Ryan to go right back to that role. Okay. Uh, P. Ryan now three straight games, two of them in which you started him with more than 19 PPR fantasy points. He's been terrific. Uh, Buy or sell, Jamar Chase, same game here. Jamar Chase makes T. Higgins a flex. Buy or sell? Sell. I will sell. Yeah, I think he's still a number two wide receiver. Um, and there's going to be a week, I would guess, in the next two or three where T. Higgins is better than Jamar Chase. Okay. Buy or sell, Kirk Cousins is droppable. He is at Detroit next week. His last uh, three games have been two clunkers and one huge game against the Patriots. Oh. Buy or sell, Kirk Cousins is droppable. I think I'm going to buy it. He looked awful this week. He just he did not look anything close to what he was two, three weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago. Shoot, again, on Thanksgiving, he looked good. So maybe it's a little overreactionary to say that, and it's obviously going to depend on what other quarterbacks you have. But he's got Detroit, then the Colts, then the Giants, and the Packers. These are not tough matchups, but they're also not going to be that tough of matchups for the run game. And that part was working for Minnesota. Yeah, and we've got – we're going to six teams on a bye next week. Like, we're not going to have – Justin yeah, Fields true. or yeah. or <laughs> yeah exactly or Justin Fields <laughs> Aaron Rodgers Marcus Mariota yeah I don't know I'm he I, yeah he's a fr- he's frustrating he's frustrating okay let's do our winners and losers here 
Dave's winners are three running backs. Two of them we've talked about. Zonovan Knight, who was started in 45% of leagues, and DeAndre Swift, who was started in 56% of leagues. Quick follow-up on Knight, and then we'll talk about your other guy, Isaiah Pacheco, who had 82 total yards and a touchdown with two catches at the Bengals. What happens when Michael Carter gets back, in your opinion? Zonovan Knight is what? I still think he's going to be the main running back for the Jets. It could be a week-to-week thing by the time Michael Carter comes back. But they've this coaching staff has never really seemed to trust Michael Carter to be a feature guy. And I, I think that they are realizing that Zahneman Knight can be. So you'll probably see Zahneman Knight. I think you'll see Ty Johnson go back to the bench. You'll probably see Michael Carter working a lot of those third downs and passing downs. And you'll see hey, Zahneman Knight working. And James Robinson will be inactive again. James Robinson will be like he is invisible. Uh, you know, we got a question here in the chat from Adam HTX. Do you have the snap counts for the Lions game? And Dave, I I've believe got you the do. snap count for every game, Adam HTX. Isn't that Dave's music? <laughs> no, it's no oh, Dave's music is dun, 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 dun. All right, Zonovan played fifty-five percent of the snaps. 11 of 12 inside the 10. Ty Johnson, 34% of the snaps, 14 of 21 on third and fourth down. James Big Dog Robinson, 10%. That's the circus. Why are you putting him in the circus? It's just, that was the song that came to my mind. All right, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Man, all three of these running backs, Knight, Swift, and Pacheco, were started in 45 to 56% of leagues. Pacheco, right down the middle, 50% started. And he's got 14 or more carries in four straight games. He's at Denver next week, then at Houston. All right, your thoughts on Pacheco? The one thing I don't like about Pacheco is that he split reps evenly with McKinnon. Rojo was in for 6% of snaps, too. Shout out for the cameo of doing nothing, Ronald Jones. And McKinnon had all the high-value leverage snaps except for a few. And one of them Pacheco scored on. 10 of 13 snaps on third and fourth downs for McKinnon. 8 of 11 snaps inside the 10 for McKinnon. So the fact that Pacheco had the game that he did, kind of feel like we got a little lucky with that. But he continues to look good when he plays. Wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs gave him more work as the season rolls on, including next week at Denver. And then he's got Houston after that. And then Seattle after that. And then Denver again after that. When you reference the high-leverage snaps, like I still think they believe Jarek McKinnon's their best running back. They just don't believe Jarek McKinnon can be a lead running back until the Super Bowl. And so I think it's I, I do think it's more likely towards the end of the year. Now against Denver and Houston, maybe not. Those seem like the perfect time to use Isaiah Pacheco. Right. And but, I think that's they might want to do that. He they might want to get Pacheco building his confidence, understanding what his run assignments are, yeah, so I, that they can use him on running downs and near the goal line. I think it's basically tying one of their hands behind their back and playing football, but they might. They've they're doing it right now. Uh, Heath's winners are Cam Akers, who is only 62% rostered, still available in some leagues, gets the Raiders next week. He had 17 carries, 60 yards, and two touchdowns with one catch against Seattle. He was obviously a big surprise, started in 9% of leagues. Cam Akers and Cole Komet, six catches for 72 yards on seven targets, going into a bye next week. All right, so if Akers and DJ Dallas were looking at you on the waiver wire and we knew Walker, let's say Walker was going to miss two games, who would you pick up? I think I'd rather have Cam Akers because it's not just that he plays the Raiders next week. He plays the Raiders, then he plays the Packers. You've got the Chargers in Week 17. Um, he, he's got a pretty fantastic schedule. It, Kyron Williams just completely disappeared. I think he had three three carries in the game. 
Um, I, this was, and the offense with Wolford at quarterback, at least, I mean, it looked like a bad NFL offense, but it at least looked more like an NFL offense. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to be 13 points a game the rest of the way, um, especially against those defenses. I think Akers has a chance to be a high-end flex, maybe even a, a, a number two running back. I'm not certain that there's been a Rams running back with as big of a snap share as Akers had in week 13. And now, that, I believe Kyron had 70% me. last week. Right. It's like it, I can't trust them to be consistent. Maybe, but Akers ran well. It's 73%, and finally the Rams he have did. a player who like looks good <laughs> and knows how to play football and can put up some numbers and can get first downs and maybe even score a touchdown or two. I'll and take they use three or four snaps inside the 10. I, I think that he's going to give them something. And he look, I think he can give them something. I think he'd be the one that I would add as well. I mean, this is good for him. 17 carries for 60 yards. He has been such an inefficient running back. Uh, you know, it's so yeah, hard to I buy would, in. I'd probably go DJ Dallas in my YPC leagues. No, I would go Cam Akers because I'm. I don't think DJ Dallas is going to tear it up. But I'm just saying, I have no, a hard time. I think time. the couple of carries he gets, he'll have a good yards per carry. <laughs> I'm just saying, I have right, a hard time. He, nice no, he, he won't. He actually won't. But I have a hard time buying in any Rams running back. I mean, Cam Akers doesn't run the ball well, and every time you think you know who the Rams running back is going to be, it's the other guy, or they cut Daryl Henderson or something like that. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely uh, would pick him up, but that's what I was saying about would. Kyron Williams. I'm, you're not asking me if I would trust him over like Pacheco or anything like that. You asked me who I like better between him. I'm not arguing with DJ you. Dallas. I'm arguing with Heath, who's taking these YPC shots at me. Uh, Cole, what are that, you arguing with me? What What did I say that you disagree with? Uh, you just uh, just a little condescending with the with the YPC. But you you agree with me that you would pick up Cam Akers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wouldn't. I I don't. I don't. If if DJ Dallas is going to be at a timeshare with Travis Homer, I do not want DJ Dallas. Like he's not a good. NFL running back. I think Homer would be the guy if they were both healthy, personally. But oh, I don't think Homer's going to get more than like six to eight carries in any game. I'd be stunned if he had that many. He's he's like Ty Johnson, Northwest Pacific Ty Johnson. Uh, Heath's winners are Acres and Komet. So Komet had a nice game here uh, without without uh, Mooney and hooray for Cole Komet. Oh, clear, I have a question. I have, I have a question. One I have a question. Option Komet, Komet or Kittle after the bye. Komet or Kittle. Uh, unless something major changes next week, I'd say commit. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, discuss. Um, no, I was just saying, like he, the clear number one guy, Justin Fields' favorite target. I think when they comes back from the bye, I was gonna say like we had a six this week that we felt okay with. I think we have a seven after Cole commits bye that we feel okay with at tight end. I just I'm not, I'm not optimistic for eight, but yeah, seven's <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, let's go to the I losers. Just, don't be surprised if Komet's on the loser list three weeks from now or something like that, where he has well, a, a tight end. four target, two catch, 12 yard game. And I listen, he had a 28% target share this week. So back to back games, huge target share without Darnell Mooney on the field. I, I think you can buy into it a little bit, but there is obviously a very low floor with Komet. When he comes back, he's your starting tight end, probably. Oof. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the punter just got smashed, or the punt returner in the Cowboys game. All right, losers. <clears throat> Deshaun Watson, we discussed. Zay Jones and George Pickens. They combined for three catches for 18 yards. 
Zay Jones had seven targets and he stunk. George Pickens had two freaking targets. I'm so embarrassed by my George Pickens love, and he was started in 71% of leagues. Heath, these are your losers here. What do you think about Zay Jones and Pickens going forward? Um, they stink, and like it, it stinks because I thought we were one more double-digit target game from Zay Jones away from like, hey, we've got a consistent number three wide receiver. And he was a disaster against a, what was supposed to be a good matchup. And it wasn't because they didn't throw the ball enough because they were winning by so much. They, they were chasing the score the whole game. And it, the problem is, and it's been difficult, I think, with Christian Kirk to know he's kind of just followed the matchups. Zay Jones, Zay Jones doesn't do that at all. Predicting the good Zay Jones game has been very difficult. Um. Okay, and... Do you drop Pickens and Zay Jones? I would drop Zay before Pickens, but only because I have this bias towards maybe the rookie wide receiver is going to just start being good next week. All right. We haven't talked about Drake London, by the way. We'll get to him in a little bit. And I think we have a potential squeaky wheel game for George Pickens because he did throw a fit on the sidelines. So. Oh, good. Uh, Dave's we losers are um, They did Etienne. change up Pickens' role a little bit in this game. He played... 36% of his snaps in the slot. Um, his A dot was less than half of what it was last week. I'm <laughs> I'm just looking at the metrics. 0. 0.07 yards per route run. That's not good. Uh, I, I, I'd like to go back and see exactly what the Falcons did and what the Steelers did if they had really changed up his role because there's no reason for him to only get two targets in a game. That just seems... Very out of character for a receiver this talent. Yeah, but I'm hidden definitely in, not dropping George Pickens. Hidden in the potential of Pickens was not hidden, but not discussed maybe enough by me. He barely ever gets more than six targets. I mean, two is very low, but you're hoping for more targets, and he's kind of well, stuck at six usually. Yeah, and that's what that's the thing. I I it's, I have a really hard time separating him and Deontay Johnson. Um, I think they're just both really bad number three wide receivers. Pickens had a rushing touchdown that one game, and that was fun. Yeah. Another 9.9. Oh, no, that was last week for Deontay Johnson. This week he had five catches for 60. Oh, he got to 11 PPR points. That's really great for Deontay Johnson. Dave's losers so, are and, Travis Etienne, Gus Edwards, and Jeff Wilson. Dave, And I'm, let's throw Deontay Johnson in there, too, since I'm in the middle of talking about him. Go ahead. We He's, don't have to talk about Deontay Johnson. Etienne. It's now two. I guess if you throw out the game he got hurt, it's two straight games where he really disappointed. Here come the Titans next week, then Dallas after that, then the Jets after that. Not great matchups. If you win in spite of him and you get to week 17, if he's healthy, he's got the Texans. That should be a good matchup. But I don't know. I'm getting a little nervous that ETN might be letting us down a little bit here down the stretch. So I put him in the loser pile. Yeah, I was getting a bad feeling about him, too. I'm not really sure why. I had this feeling that they might uh, lighten his workload a little bit, but he fumbled, which sucked. He ended up with uh, 60, 66 total yards in a fumble. and So uh, they just below didn't have 10 the PPR fantasy points? What's that? So below 10 PPR fantasy oh, points? Oh, yeah, big time, below five. So every running back who has faced the Lions since week seven now mm-hmm. has, has been below 10 PPR fantasy points. What a trend. And here comes Dalvin Cook in week 14. 
Yeah, I'm a Lions believer. I don't know if I believe in their their defense. Certainly not their pass defense, but I'm a Lions believer. Well, their front seven's been playing a lot better. They've been getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback. It's made a huge difference. Gus Edwards. You did pick Jacksonville to win the AFC South. So it does make sense that you're now a Lions believer. They put <laughs> up 40 like, against that was after two the games. best team in the AFC South. No, I yeah. I, look, I remember I said I thought they they they'd give the Bills a run. You know, uh-huh. um, that was a great almost upset. Great people. almost upset pick. Gus Edwards, Dave already talked about that. They went right back yeah. to Hill. You got Dobbins. Or sorry, to Drake. You got Dobbins. Hopefully, come back next week. So let's talk about Jeff Wilson here, who had one touch. He had a big drop. Mm. Almost had a big play in the passing game, but he dropped it. But even if he had that, it would have been a bad game. Mostert had more work. Who would you rather have in the Dolphins' backfield going forward with the dream matchup at the Chargers next week? I think I'd rather have Wilson because I, I like what I saw from him, but now it's two games ago. Maybe he's playing hurt. Maybe there's something else going on that we just don't know about. He only played 38% of the snaps. Not a great week to be a Dolphins running back in general. They played the 49ers. They did a good job against them. They didn't have any snaps inside the 10. Mostert had most of the snaps on third and fourth downs. He had five of nine. Wilson had four of nine. Uh, I don't know. I'm not ready to say that Mostert's head and shoulder is going to be better than Wilson, but I would say it if I knew that something was wrong with Wilson because it is now he's coming off a game where he didn't play well, had a touchdown to save his numbers. And then this week they barely gave him any work. So don't you think it's possible like that Mike McDaniel went back to San Francisco and you go back home for a visit and you see people you haven't seen for a long time and you talk about things you used to do in the past and how silly those things were. And they were sitting around talking about all the old days and like, hey, remember when everybody used to think who our best running back was and then we just not play that guy hardly at all and give the ball to somebody else? We should do that one again. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what Shana Sean Higgins. McVay does. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, all right. Well, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough sledding for them, but the usage, if, if he had had the seven carries or whatever Mostert had and Mostert had no work, then it'd be just the matchup. It was just the usage is confusing and frustrating. All right, let's go take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the games. We'll start with Cleveland and Houston. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Browns with the, some D, the DSD was great. 27-14. They really dominated the Texans. The Texans offense is, uh, yeah, bad. But <clears throat> Deshaun Watson, we discussed, 4.6 fantasy points. Heath, you got another believe it or not for this game? Yeah, believe it or not, Damian Pierce is fine. We overreacted, and he's a, uh, a starting running back rest of the season. I want to believe it. I thought he ran pretty well in this game. I don't necessarily love his matchups rest of season. Dallas, Kansas City, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. 
but he will probably make my top 24 every week the rest of the way. What was it again? So Pierce had 18 carries, 73 yards. He had three catches for 22 yards. So give me the, the words, the verbiage again. So he almost scored as much as Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Which is a hell of a <laughs> lot fine. better than he's he fine. did the last two weeks. He's fine. We can just forget. Uh, I yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's a top 24 guy, but he's not sniffing the top 12. I think he's a top 24 guy this week because unlike quarterbacks, there are more starting running backs that are not going to be playing. Um, but I don't expect week in the fantasy playoffs when there's nobody on a bye that I will have him in my PPR top 24. Okay, Nico Collins did get 10 targets in this game. He scored a late touchdown, three catches, 35 yeah. yards, and a touchdown, and no Brandon Cooks. I'm going to look up how many of those targets came late. Collins, uh, Nico Collins is 48% rostered on the other side of the ball. Um, do we have any Nick Chubb concerns? I mean, he's not been bad, but he's cooled off a little bit, I guess, in fantasy. I think that was probably to be expected a little bit. All right. He's going to end up about where we drafted him. You're still starting him. No problems whatsoever. <laughs> was this encouraging for Kareem Hunt? He had nine carries and two catches. 11 touches is actually a lot for Kareem Hunt. He had seven yeah, or fewer touches in five of his last seven games. He had in seven or fewer touches in five of his last six games. Now it's five of seven. I am not encouraged. No, not enough to con- consider him as anything more than like a bi-week replacement running back. Okay. Also, if you didn't get points for Donovan Peoples' touchdown, then you should probably fix that for next year. Now would be a good time. All right. A subject for another pod. Uh, three targets, two catches, 22 yards, and one touchdown in the fourth quarter for Nico. So in the garbage of garbage time, Collins. Garbage. I wouldn't hold through. that against him, though. They're going to have that virtually every week. Hey, you guys want to do a 30-second sure. fantasy cops? Yeah, sure. So Heath, you and I are. Oh no! Yeah, I got to hear no, the music I, if we're doing. No, I, 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 I was go. I actually was going to ask you as the commissioner. Yeah. So, so like, I you're just the, you're looked, the defendant. I just looked. Yeah, Heath and I are, are battling in the in the for the people podcast league, and uh, hard. our opponent has a has an illegal lineup, and it looks like he made a simple mistake of of starting three running backs and not putting one of them in his flex. So I sent him an email. I don't want to just win because he got a zero. I sent him an email asking him what happened. I think if he gets back to me by by tomorrow night's game, I'm gonna I'm gonna make his lineup legal, right? I mean, um, I could be a jerk and be like, no, it's your fault, but I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I think you I think you should um, definitely make sure that he gets credit for the points in case those points matter for his standing. But we won. Oh, you know what? I may have done that in the past. Actually, I have to go back to what I did earlier in the year. I think you might be right. His team had a horrible week anyway. Josh now, does Allen. he have? Are one of those running backs um, playing tonight or tomorrow? Could yeah, he still Kamara. fix it? Oh, yeah. So he, he could. could okay, okay. Yeah, he could just, still fix it. He, he's going to have a pretty bad week, I think. So we should be all right, I, I think. But, all right. but if yeah, if he doesn't fix it before Kamara plays, I don't. All right, I'm not. I'm not giving him the win. I think you might be right about that. Okay, well, at least we'll give him until Kamara plays. Baltimore ten and Denver nine. Why? All right, let's do this one quickly because I accidentally started with probably the two crappiest games of the of the day. So Baltimore ten, yeah. Denver nine. I think we may get through the rest of the games, and you may come around to uh, Dave and I's <laughs> opinion that you were go- always going to start with two of the crappiest games. Believe it or not. Um. So we did Mark Andrews. 
there's not going to be a Ravens running back that you can trust the rest of the season. I believe it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They're not that good of a running team, you know, as from the running backs position. Um, believe it or not, Jerry Judy is a must start if Cortland Sutton is out. Three receiver leagues for sure. Two wide receiver and a flex PPR league, sure. Yeah, I'm just going to say yes. All right. Would you rather have yeah. picked Now, listen, by the Judy? way, I agree with the whole there's there's not a trustworthy Ravens running back, but it doesn't mean that I'm punting on Gus. It doesn't mean that I'm punting on stashing J.K. Dobbins. I want to see what happens, and I like to have running back depth. So They're just not almost like totally poison, though, because like we see what happens with Gus, and then we start him, and then he sabotages us. Sure. I'm not telling you to start Gus Edwards. I'm saying that you can roster him if you want to. Oh, uh, Quez Watkins, age, AC joint sprain, just seeing that come in. Uh, I, what I was saying was um, Jerry Judy or George Pickens, who do you guys think has more value right now? What do you like better? J- Judy. Judy. All right. Greg Dulcich was interesting. Very good game for him. Uh, Latavius Murray, I mean, he still had four uh, catches. Look, I know Latavius stinks. We're talking about low-end stuff here. But with Mike Boone back, Latavius Murray still had four catches. He had 21 touches. So you yeah. could do worse than that. Yeah, he's a nice flex. All right. Uh, on the other side, now that's it. Green Bay 28 and Chicago 19. Heath, what do we got for this one? I'm trying to think. Um, Give me a little Christian not, Watson. Both Give me Christian Watson yeah. and Alan Lazard are going to be starting wide receivers the rest of the way. Uh, no. I think... I think I believe it as long as Rodgers is the quarterback. And I'm definitely going to like Watson a hell of a lot more than Lazard. I'm not really feeling like like Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. I feel like they're going to shut him down. But but let's, for argument's sake, say that doesn't happen. I, There's yeah. nothing about Lazard's game that makes me feel that way today. Five for 67 on six targets. It's actually it's a, a good, pretty good game for him. That's a good game if it's your floor. Weeks. It's a bad game if it's your ceiling. I mean, the Christian Watson thing is is reaching the point to where I have to not be the Christian, not like Christian Watson anymore, because he's not going to keep scoring a touchdown every four touches. <laughs> Are you sure? No, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm really confident. And sure, he's like, going to give you a bad game. He's got someday. right. He's he's still in Gabe Davis territory. Maybe he's ahead of Gabe Davis now, but he's still oh. right in the thick of that. Like, don't it, he's right in the thick of it. He had three for forty-eight on six targets. That is the signature line of Gabe Davis. Let's put it this way: yeah. it ain't Gabe Davis territory anymore. It's Christian Watson territory now. And Gabe Unless Davis next week. Gabe Davis has two touchdowns, and Christian Watson has two catches for twelve yards. Okay. Well, he's on by next week, but I think the hope for, worse. for Watson. <laughs> The hope, the difference, I think, is that Watson has a chance to be the lead target getter for the Packers, and Gabe Davis has no chance of that for the Bills. True. So, you know, you're hoping Watson earns more role. By the way, great defense by the Bears on that end around that Watson scored on <laughs> 46-yard rushes. Right, can you make things any easier on the guy? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's almost like they couldn't see him. He's so talented. As if he were though. invisible. I want to believe. I want to buy into him, Heath. I want to buy into an expanding role for him as he finishes out his rookie season. That's what I want to buy into. More targets and such. That that is the hope. I, if if it doesn't happen, he's going to 
He's going to really lay a couple eggs in the fantasy playoffs, I'm afraid. Now, look, Aaron Rodgers won this game, so the Packers are 5-8. and eight. Technically, they're still not dead. They play the Rams when they come back from the bye. That's a game they should be able to win. And then they've got the Dolphins after that. That could be the end of the line for them. But if it's not, and if they still are mathematically alive to get, make the playoffs at 9-8, and eight, it's Vikings and it's Lions to wrap up the season. They really don't have a difficult matchup left. The you know spy really is going to sting them? a little bit. What? You know what, you know what really crushed them? That tie. Mm. The that Giants. tie was tie? awful yeah. for them. Because mm-hmm. they needed one of those two teams to lose. They lost to both of those teams. So, yeah, that, that was they, – right. they needed mm-hmm. both of them to lose. Uh, well, now they've got to be three games or four games better, three games better than the commanders the rest of the way. Yeah. Sure. So it's probably – look, I don't think they're making the playoffs, but Roger said he wants to play as long as they're mathematically alive. All right, let's talk about Justin Fields here, guys, because uh, you know he had a, a bad game. He had scored 19.3 fantasy points. But 20 of 25 for 254 yards is outstanding for him. 71 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He just he threw two interceptions and no touchdowns. What Both do you make late. of it? Yeah, what do you make Both of it? Both late interceptions when he was trying to lead the Bears back. He's, I think he's a good quarterback surrounded by mediocre talent. And until the Bears give him a better offensive line and better pass catchers, healthier pass catchers, he's just he's not going to be in a position to lead them to victories and and certainly to find a lot of touchdown passes from game to game. Okay. But I mean, from a fantasy standpoint here, you know, what do you, is we, he going to win you your league? No, I don't think that was ever a fair expectation. We, six weeks ago, we said, here comes a three week stretch. Justin Fields could be just an absolute monster. Justin Fields for three weeks plays against three of the worst defenses in the league and is an absolute superstar monster. And then we said, okay, the schedule gets a lot more difficult now. Yeah. But this wasn't and that. So, I mean, this was an easy matchup. And he also he scored 25 points at the Patriots. He scored 30 points at Dallas. You know? That's not even more close to what he was doing. No, not the games. Miami and Detroit games, but the Dallas game was his third best game. But, you know, like, could he be 25 points per game? I, I would go just under, but 20 to 25 is what I'd expect. And there are tough matchups in his future after the bye. It's Philadelphia and Buffalo, yeah. and then at Detroit in Week 17. Right, but I mean, he's got the capability of being the best. He he's he looks like the best running quarterback in football. Sorry, Lamar Jackson. Would he have a 50-something yard rushing touchdown today? It's incredible. Yes, 56 yards, I think. It was. So, all right. So I, I wasn't saying like that was always the expectation, but what is he going forward? Yards. Is he? A low end starter? Is he a league winner or is he somewhere in between? QB I think he's better than a low end starter. All right. All right, let's go to our next game here. Detroit forty and Jacksonville fourteen. Heath. Oh. Uh well, yeah. Believe it or not, DeAndre Swift's back as a must start running back. I gave my little my my opinion on it earlier, but I didn't ask anybody else's. I love the volume. I love the 18 touches. I love that the coaches gave him that, that they're just not going to shove him into this part-time role. And they need his explosion. This offense is really going to take off. They need him to just keep on running like he has been. He's, he looked really good. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that he becomes – I'm going to rank him ahead of Jamal Williams. And I, it's almost like it's almost like the situation with the Cowboys running backs where you've got one running back who's just this dynamic talent but you know he's not going to be a candidate for 20 touches any game. 
because there's another running back there who's going to steal stinking short yardage touchdowns away from him. That's Detroit now. And so Swift will be Pollard and Jamal Williams will be Zeke. And when the matchups are really, really tough, you probably won't even consider Williams and you'll still still start Swift as long as he's healthy. Vikings are a pretty tough matchup next week, but there's, there's two things in play. Number one, Swift, good pass catcher out of the backfield. He should be able to take advantage of that. When the Lions established Jamison Williams as a regular player and they use that speed, it's going to be really hard for defenses to make decisions on how they're going to cover that whole offense. And that could open things up for Swift. Just cross your fingers he stays healthy. I, and I think the way that these backs are being used right now, this Minnesota is a great matchup for Swift. It's a terrible sure. matchup for Jamal Williams. Except he'll score a touchdown. Of course. Well, if anyone saw Swift's one-yard touchdown run, he so what happened? He got tackled at the one-yard line. They went hurry up. He stayed in the game, and he got that goal line carry. It was an amazing one-yard run. He's just yeah. so good. He's just so good. So uh, I'm I'm really hoping this is a guy that could rise up from the fantasy ashes basically and win you a fantasy league. Um, would you guys rather have Jared Goff or Trevor Lawrence down the stretch? Lawrence. Same. All right, Lawrence. Oh, and the other one, believe it or not, the Lions are actually like legitimately a difficult matchup for running backs that we should care about. I think you have to believe it. I gotta do a little more research on that. I don't know. I feel like I feel like no. Uh, what do you think, Heath? Um I, I mean I know for sure that I, at one point we thought they were a good matchup for running backs, and I've, I'm well off that train. Yeah. I think they are um, at the – like, it depends on how much you care about schedule. I'm one of those guys that usually says there's only maybe three or four matchups that matter every week to me, and so I'm probably not going to factor them in, but I think if you're weighing that relatively heavily as part of your process, you should be factoring them in because they're in the top third probably. I think they were 16th against running backs going into this week, and that's only going to get better. Amonra St. Brown with another massive game. He's incredible. We'll talk about DJ Chark on Tuesday on the Waiver Wire Show. Give me uh, just the number, 0 to 10, Waverometer. How much do you want to add DJ Chark? Two. Sure. Minnesota 27, Jets 22. Great game. Great finish here. Um, Mm -hmm. Heath, what do you got? I'm trying to move a couple of these towards, like, the long-term future because... That's what we do this time of year. So believe it or not, Garrett Wilson is and will be the best wide receiver in this class. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. He's so talented. Look at what he's doing with a former fifth-round pick who has been a backup for the majority of his NFL career. And just imagine what he can do when the Jets get uh, an upgrade at quarterback over anybody they have on the roster now, which I think they're going to try and do this offseason. I mean, he could be he could be like a top five fantasy receiver. I want to take Olave, but I feel like it's only because I previously took Olave and I don't want to go back on that. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is we talk about how much better it would be for Olave if he was playing with Jameis Winston instead of Andy Dalton. But Garrett Wilson looks down south and says, Andy Dalton. I wish I could play with a franchise quarterback like Andy that. <laughs> yeah. Awful. I, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, there's really – it's it's going to be a very fascinating question because the first one drafted is right now like not even in the conversation, but certainly could be, and that's Drake London. He, he had a good, had game. A good game. London today. had a good game today. And I would – yeah, I wouldn't – I'm not holding this year against him. My fear is that they're going to do well enough that he has to go through another one of these. 
I think Arthur Smith might just be awful for passing for the passing game. I, I don't know. Well, I have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, yeah, I mean, Thielen with a with a dud after he was good last week. Jeffrey Conklin, I, Conklin with a this is a bad this was a bad fantasy game actually. It, it was a bad fantasy day. Yeah, it was a bad fantasy game. Mike White had a lot of throws that he had like two or three throws that were just unbelievably clutch, but he had a lot of really terrible throws and some unluckiness. Kirk Cousins played poorly, I think, the majority of the game. He really did not throw the ball well at all. And um, I, I, I don't know. The touchdown to Justin Jefferson was nice. Jefferson made a move on a defensive back, and it was easy for him to get open. Thielen had a big catch that helped set up a score. There, there's just not a lot to really take away from this game that makes you feel good about the Vikings offense other than Dalvin Cook look like his old self. That's good to see. And I'm hoping that he can keep that going. Pittsburgh 19, Atlanta 16. Oh, I should have mentioned Mike White's ADOT. Mm-hmm. You were interested in that information. Yeah. 7.98. Ooh, good. That's good. Big I like it. Big change compared to last week. Yeah. And so maybe something like that can happen for Brock Purdy. And he also missed Garrett Wilson wide open like up the field for what could have he been did. a massive play. Could have been an even did. bigger day for Garrett Wilson. Okay, Heath, go ahead. Pittsburgh 19, Atlanta 16. I mean, these teams do not, <laughs> like for the most part, other than Pat Fryermuth, I would like to not roster them. I, what about Najee Harris? Team, what is your Najee Harris here? Even if they're here? kind of good, <laughs> if I roster them, like I might get 9.6 <laughs> points from Najee Harris and have to act excited about it. Um I did not like the fact. What what the heck is Benny Snell getting six carries for when Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are both playing? I know. Health. It's got to be Najee not 100%, right? Uh, if he's not 100%, why are they giving him 17 carries and letting him play two-thirds of the snaps? What does he usually play? Does he not usually play more than that? He usually yeah, plays a little more actually. than that, if I recall. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe Benny Snell earned I'll it, too. Maybe that's more. the other part of that. Well, that would be very bad for Najee Harris. I wanted Agreed. to... I, I don't know what to say about Najee Harris other than I think he's in that Isaiah Pacheco, um, Brian Robinson range. I don't think he's the passing downs back. No, he hasn't been for a while. And I don't think I want the um, the, the early downs back on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Well, it's been good. Lineup. It's been good three weeks in a row before this week. Because they had their offense had been playing better. They had been scoring. Well, one of those was without Warren when he had a bunch of catches. Uh, no, I think I, well, did he not score in that game? Maybe not. No, maybe not. But he had, he had, look, in his last three games, he has 20, 20 and 17 carries, something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's not nothing. You're, you're right. I mean, he's in that Brian Robinson Pacheco range, but a lot of people are starting guys like that every week. They have to, you know? Yeah. He's catching the Ravens this week. That'll always be a tough game. That's bad. Um, Panthers after that. Las Vegas after that, Ravens in week 17. Uh, I like the workload. I like the way that he's running the 5.1 YPC. I think shouldn't be ignored. He's had a good YPC over this recent stretch. I'd feel good about Najee as a number two fantasy running back. They also, the Steelers, it was a weird game for both teams. Uh, The Steelers didn't have any snaps inside the 10. So it's not like he had a chance to score any short yardage touchdowns. Yeah. And I want to correct this, the sequencing. I don't know that it actually matters. Najee's touchdowns did actually come in the game where he caught the four passes. Okay. The other good game that he had, he scored 9.9 9 
points. Well, yeah. Look, I mean, that's that's the thing with those running backs that, that are not the passing downs backs. Is he could have 20 carries for 99 yards, and that's a pretty good game. But in a full PPR league, it's not a very good game. And that's right. always a risk. Um, but it's not like he's droppable or anything like that. No, no. It's just, like, I don't, I've not really bought into Deontay Johnson and George Pickens being droppable either. But they're just in that range where, ugh. Yeah. Well, Cordero Patterson lives in that range, too. He had a touchdown run called back, but he that was one where he definitely would not have scored if not for the holding, I, th- I think, anyway. So it, was, uh, it wasn't one of those, like, irrelevant penalties. And he just every week, it's, it's you know, it's 11, it's 10 to 13 carries and and hardly any catches. He, so, had, he, had, a, he had a lot in the first game without pits, and I, they've said that this morning, and I thought, well, that is encouraging. I hadn't really thought of it that way. But then I, did he even have a target today? Yes, he had one catch. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. He had zero catches. I don't know if he had a target. Mm. So, yeah, Patterson, I think we know what to do. He's a flex at best. What about uh, Drake London? Last week it was Zacchaeus. This week it's Drake London. Six catches, 95 yards on 12 targets, 70% rostered, 15% started. Dave, is he a must-add guy if Drake London were available in your league? Is he a must-start guy? They are on a bye, unfortunately. But what do you think last four games? So you don't have to add him because he's on a bye. You might add him and then realize, oh, crap, he's on a bye, and then you'll let him go. He's got the Saints, not an easy matchup. Ravens, not an easy matchup. Arizona, hello, but that's not until week 17. You should be able to get by without getting Drake London. He's had games like this before where he has, you know, outstanding fantasy production, and then he evaporates the week after. It's been a while, though. Not trusting any pass guys. He He had not had more than 40 yards since week three. I know he had some touchdowns, but this was this was different. This was 12 targets and 95 yards. But all right, the bye kills the momentum. <laughs> it kills the momentum. And the matchups are tough after the bye. Philadelphia 35, Tennessee 10. Sorry about all the hype I gave to the Titans defense. I don't think they're bad, but they were outclassed today. Good job. Well, I was yeah, do that's what pos- happened. I had another positional, believe it or not. Believe it or not, the Titans are a great matchup for wide receivers. Yeah, I believe it, Heath, because look what Jalen Hurts did this game. He threw 38, 39 passes. This is what teams do. They throw and throw mm-hmm. and throw. This I think yeah. more than on any other team uh, than, than the, yes. you know, the Titans. So. Yes, that's the case. So, yes, I, I believe it. They're a good matchup for uh, Christian. And I think for Kirk. It, it, well, pass-catching options, you could even just say. But I don't know how they've been against tight ends this year. I think okay. No, it's, I don't know. if the, I can look it up for you. If, if you really want to know how they've been against No, science. I've got it right here. I can okay. just click, click it's fine. one. Button. I think part of the key is a general key that always works for any team that wants to throw the ball a lot. You've got to protect your passer. Philadelphia has a really good offensive line that negated the pass rush for for uh, for the Titans. I believe they sacked him just twice in the game. Not sure what the pass rush pressure rate was. But if you've got a good offensive line, you're going to be able to throw on Tennessee no problem. Does Jackson have a good offensive line? Nah, I don't know. Chargers two weeks from now, no way. Houston, LOL, we're not going to start anybody in the Houston passing game in week 16. And then Dallas week 17, yes, you're going to start your Cowboys players against the Titans defense. Well, I think you're going to start most wide receivers. I was just, I think you're going to start most wide receivers. Like you'll start Christian Kirk next week for sure. Yeah. And Keenan Allen the week after that. And I'll make a fun case for Zay Jones on a team, on a week where there are six teams on by facing a team that gets more wide receiver targets than almost any other team in football. I'll make the fun case. We'll have a nice debate about it. Uh, In this game, I I don't really know what to take away from Devontae Smith. Uh, It was a great game for him, but 
an unusually high amount of pass attempts. They get the Giants next week. I don't know what the deal with secondary well, for the Giants is terrible. I, what do you think? I, I think it's pretty clear. Like since Dallas Goddard went down, they coming into this game, Devontae Smith had like a 35% target share. I just think for, and Goddard could be back in week 15, but until Goddard's back, I'm just starting Devontae Smith, period. All right. Uh, game of the week, Washington 20, Giants 20. There was no game that was closer than this one. And Heath, what's your believe it or not? This was a mind blowing uh, performance. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, wow, Terry McLaurin. No, they're, they're, believe it or not, Washington's going to make Jahan Dotson relevant again. I thought it was interesting how his role after just completely disappearing last week, I think he had nine targets in this game, um, like a 20% target share. Um, it was interesting because he's a rookie wide receiver and he was really efficient early in the year on a few targets. And then he did, all, I, I don't know if he scored a fantasy point last week and then yeah. has nine targets. I'll just tell you before, before you give your answer, Dave, the last three games since coming back from injury, he had a combined, well, he had 14 or fewer yards and one to two targets in all three games. So this was a surprise. He also had the biggest play of the game. His touchdown catch tied it up late in regulation. Uh, Dotson's 31% rostered. So believe it or not, basically, he's going to be fantasy relevant. I don't believe that he's going to be fantasy relevant. I hate to say it because that touchdown catch was electric, and he's got awesome speed. He's got awesome talent, and he could end up being the number one receiver for Washington someday. But he, we didn't even have him on the radar until he caught that touchdown. And so I just went and checked. In fourth quarter and overtime, he had six of his nine targets. He had three of his five catches. He had 29 of his 54 yards, and he had the touchdown. So first three quarters of the game, pretty much invisible. Fourth quarter, he stepped up. Is that enough to make us believe in him being a regular contributor in Washington? I say nay. 41 yeah, passes. The, the argument Sorry. would be that Taylor Heineke just discovered that he exists um, because he had four or five targets in – or at least four targets in all the games that he played with Carson Wentz, scored four touchdowns in four games. And he's been played with Taylor Heineke in these last three games, and he had four targets in three games combined. Mm -hmm. He had three targets in the first three quarters. Yeah, I look, this was an unusual game. They had the ball for 41 minutes. They played a full overtime, and Heineke threw 41 passes. And he had thrown uh, 33, 31, 28, 29, 27, 23. So this is just a better game for pass volume for him. Brian Robinson, strong game. Not amazing, but uh, 21 carries compared to just nine for Gibson, who was banged up. Robinson had two catches, so maybe he's earning people's trust more. He does have a bye and then gets the terrible Giants run defense again after the bye. Yeah. On the Giants side of the ball... Um, hold on. You, you should know that Gibson played more snaps than Robinson, and that includes on third and fourth downs, obviously, but also they, they had 82 offensive snaps. Only three of them came inside the 10. Gibson played two of those three. So, yes, encouraging that he had a lot of carries and he definitely had a lot of nice runs, but discouraging that Gibson actually outplayed him and had more high leverage snaps. Yeah. I just touches. feel like they haven't, they haven't been trailing much in this streak with Heineke, and they were trailing for much of the second half. Um, your trust level for Darius Slayton, who had six catches for 90 yards and was started in 34% of leagues and was sick coming into the game. He's a good number three wide receiver, definitely ahead of the Steelers. Okay. Zay I think Jones, that's a good way to put him. Ahead of Zay Jones? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Ahead of 
Jerry Judy? No. No. All right. Let's go to the late games here, guys. Uh, San Francisco 33, Miami 17, a time of possession domination. Miami had the ball for less than 20 minutes in this game. Heath, what's our buyer, believe it or not? We have talked so much about this game. Um, we talked about the running backs. I don't know if there's anything to say with Waddle or Hill. We talked about McCaffrey. Tua, can you give me a Tua, believe it or not? Because he's had two, two I don't stinkers even know in if a he's row. Be healthy. I hate to do it with a guy who's on, on a bum ankle. All right, I'll do it. All right, Tua Tonga by lower last two games. 18 points against Houston, 17.8 points against San Francisco, and six points for passing touchdown leagues. Believe it or not, there's nothing to worry about here. There's nothing to worry about there. I agree. Well, the ankle, that's what you should worry about. Uh, assuming that's fine. Is Jalen Waddle going to be okay? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Yes, let's say let's say it's all systems go except for Teron Armstead against the Chargers. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, I, I there were times where the offensive line was a major liability, and there were times where I think Tua worked around it. I think he'll be okay. I'm encouraged to start him next week against the Chargers for sure. Yeah, that Buffalo game could be a little dicey though. That's Week 15. And you know, if you didn't see the game. Teron Armstead, the absence of Armstead certainly made a difference. I mean, there were definitely times when he was under pressure, but he just had a kind of a bad game. He just was off today, Tua. And I forget who was calling the game, but he said, like, not seeing Tua miss this many throws. All right. And with that said, he threw for 295 yards, had the ball for 20 minutes. Um, Seattle's 27 and the Rams 23. This, by the way, may have been the best game. I mean, you had, it was a great game. You had a play where DK Metcalf went in motion to the other side of the field away from Jalen Ramsey, and Ramsey put his arms up like, hey, why are you going away? And Metcalf, I think, waved him to come over and shadow him. It was trash talk. <laughs> it was fiery. It was intense, and it was a great finish. Heath, what's our believe it or not for Seattle and the Rams? DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both top 12 wide receivers. <sighs> They're... They're pretty damn close. It's rare when they both have over 100 yards and a touchdown in the same week, but they've they've both been so productive. Lock, it's like five straight games now for Lockett with a touchdown. People who have him, just awesome value on draft day. Must start receiver from week to week. Is he top 12? I don't know if he's <laughs> top 12. It might depend on who they play. They've got Carolina in week 14, so maybe next week they are. The week after that, it's San Francisco. That's not going to be a game. So, no. Ultimately, I do not believe it. It will be a week-to-week thing. One of the things we didn't talk... I'm going to not believe it, uh, but I do think the Ken Walker injury, if he misses time, makes it more believable. Because Geno has just been, on a per-attempt basis, he's been terrific this year, but they never really let him air it out. Was this a season high in pass attempts? He had 39. I'm guessing Might have been. Oh, it was. Take a look. Oh, 44. He had 44 in week three. But that's a really big development here. And if they throw the ball, you know, more than 35 times on a weekly yeah. basis, that's a huge deal for those guys. Yeah, that would also, injury, I think, yeah. That would also signal a complete change in offensive philosophy for Pete Carroll. I've, even without Ken Walker there, I'd have a hard time believing that he's just going to say, all right, forget it. We're not going to run it at all. We're just going to let Geno do his thing because uh, how many years did Russ try and let that happen? Well, hey, they had happen? a running game. They had a running game. If they can't run the ball, it's different than them not trying to run the ball. So, I don't know. 
All right. Uh, Tony Jones seven carries in this uh-huh, game? Yeah. Well, the DJ Dallas got shaken up a little bit, and I think they just wanted to see what he could do. Tony I Jones saw could it. do. Okay. They saw it. Um, your Rams stink. We talked about Acres earlier. Cincinnati 27, Kansas City 24. One thing I didn't mention was that Patrick Mahomes was limping toward the very yeah, end of the game. Yeah, he limped off late. Which may have been why they kicked the long field goal instead of going for it on fourth down and I think three. Uh, and Butker missed, basically lost the game. But Cincinnati 27, Kansas City, Kansas City 24. So we did P. Ryan. We did Higgins. Um... This is easy. Here. Uh, believe it or not, Juju Smith-Schuster can no longer be trusted. There it is. <laughs> Whoop. There it is, and I believe it. I'm sitting up. <laughs> well, I don't know. Next week's going to be tough, but I'm nervous. Let's see if I can get where he lined up. Give me one second. And the snap count, because I know he came off briefly. They did a lot of three tight end stuff today. Um, it's a really questionable... The Mahomes also had a lot of targets downfield to MVS. A couple of them he flubbed and a couple of them. Like the tougher catches he caught and the easier catches he dropped. Okay. Juju was in the slot 35% of the snaps. He That's fine. played 40 snaps, ran 24 routes. That seems to be pretty close to what like Kelsey ran 26 routes. They only threw 27 passes. Yeah. Right. So that's got to be close to being a full-time player for the Chiefs. A dot was sorry everybody six point five, so working more outside but not really working farther downfield. Well, A dot, see A dot, you should look at route depth, right? Because A dot on four targets doesn't necessarily. Yeah, we don't have much, the route depth much. yet. Um, no, but uh, you know, look, he's had one game all year with more than eight targets, right? And it was the sixty-eight pass attempt game. No, but when he was getting eight targets every week, that's awesome. Yeah, he was doing well with it. Oh, what do you think? I sixty-one percent started. I th- that feels about right. To me, I think he'll be borderline top 25 this week with six teams on a bye. This upcoming week, yeah. But I mean, cer- certainly behind Garrett Wilson now. Um, yeah, he was behind Garrett Wilson this week. Um, but you're going to, I mean, we laughed about the quarterbacks who weren't playing, but there's there's some wide receivers. Sure. All right. Uh, how about, by the way, Tyler Boyd in this game dropped the easiest touchdown pass oh, yeah. that he would have had of his career, probably. Chargers at the Raiders. Last game for us today. Uh, believe it or not, the Chargers are going to get a new coach. No, that's not relevant to fantasy football. Um, sure, well, they're going to be okay. much better with Sean Payton. <laughs> give me, a, give me a like a Josh Palmer or something. Um, yeah, I don't know again because I think we'll get Mike Williams back. But I, I would say, believe it or not, Josh Palmer's. Uh, uh, Number two wide receiver until Mike Williams returns? Nope, not ready to say that. He's close, top 30, but not top 24. Did, what happened to DeAndre Carter? Like, I just assumed that he got hurt, and then I saw uh, him returning a punt late in the game. He, he was he was working on teams all game long. I don't know how much he actually played on offense. I can look that up real quick. But he was really <laughs> uninvolved. Just disappeared. Yeah, until the last play of the evaporated. game is one catch... <laughs> One catch was the last play of the game, DeAndre Carter. The thing about Palmer is, I guess it's, I think it's because I have him on two teams, two of my better teams that are in in the mix, and I get so excited about him every week when Mike Williams doesn't play, and he basically doesn't really come through. I mean, sometimes he does. He, he has thirteen some, fantasy points. I like, know, but that's like ninety percent of the time. That's nothing. Come on, he could do better. He should do it's, better. As, as a, I mean, as number three receivers and flexes go, that's pretty good. 
But I as know. number two receivers, that's not. As I more or less ball. rank him or recommend him as a number two receiver, but I I probably shouldn't. Yeah, you know, thirteen PPR points for a number two receiver isn't really that bad it's, either. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Carter played forty-five snaps, forty-two <laughs> routes. <laughs> that's terribly one catch. Yeah, so he played a lot, ran around, got a lot of cardio, and then only had two targets and one catch. So didn't get used. His A dot was 18, but he was only targeted mm-hmm. twice, so we really don't know uh, how that relates to how they used him in the game. Palmer had a much lower A dot. One of the things that was made me nervous to start Palmer this week was that he had the highest A dot last week of anybody on the Chargers. This week he had the lowest A dot yeah. of anybody on the Chargers. Interesting. And who had Tony Pollard, two-yard touchdown run? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Heath, we better hope that uh, the guy in the league doesn't change his lineup. <laughs> he has Tony Pollard. <laughs> uh, well, it's right. going to be up to you, Adam, if you're going to be generous. and No, we're going to no, give him, we're gonna give him until Monday night. It right now. We're going to give him until Monday night. I regret sending him the email. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you got to let people learn from their mistakes. I know. You take just, it, you take don't it want from someone who's a father spots. of an 18-year-old. You don't want playoff spots decided on people not setting their lineups right. It's kind of lame. I've I've never really understood that because like this is a game that we are playing. If someone's not trying as hard as someone else, they should like that's a fine thing to determine who wins and loses. Thank that's why the Tim determines I, yeah, all kinds of things. Well, I don't it's feel not bad your for job him. to set everybody's no, lineup. No, I don't feel bad for him. It's about the other people in the league whose you know standings are impacted by. I can think of this two game. other people in the league who are gonna be pretty happy about it. <laughs> oh man, good job! If I can get twenty more PPR points out of Pollard and Lamb, I'm gonna take down Lee Trevino's disdain in the Waterbury Open. Let's Better go. watch out, shooting McGavin. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm shaking. I'm shaking my head at you, Dave. The Grizzly Adams did have a beard. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. Uh, We will talk to you tomorrow uh, with Beyond the Box Score. Or if you're listening on Monday, we'll talk to you later today on Beyond the Box Score on Fantasy Football Today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.